this is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona. This is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. It's Thursday, 1 September, in the year of our Lord, 2022. You're in the War Room Battleground, and we're doing the... Uh, Continue on our pre-buttle of uh, Joe Biden. Joe Biden's going to give a speech tonight uh, to the nation. He's going to address the nation in a couple hours to, to basically lay out the case that MAGA is a semi-fascist movement. You know, what, at least 50, 74 million people that voted for Trump. Uh, I think now two-thirds of the nation is going to call him semi-fascist. So yesterday from six, we had people from all over the country running for office or uh, prominent political operatives from New Hampshire all the way to California and then back again. We ended in Pennsylvania. We're going to go there in a moment to Bob Cordero, who's uh, one of the top radio hosts or the number one top radio host in northeastern Pennsylvania, where Joe from Scranton keeps saying he is. But I want to start with uh, Eric Prince, uh, one of our best contributors. Eric, uh, as you talk to Joe Biden, you just came back from the region. You joined us the other day from the region. Uh, Joe Biden tonight, when he talks about the semi-fascist movement, give me a sense in the in the uh, in the Middle East, I want to start there. But where we have spent nine tri since 2000, since the attack on New York City at 9-11, uh, which we're coming up on one of the 21st anniversary of we spent nine trillion dollars. We've lost in the wars in the Middle East. We've lost, um, I think, seven seventy five hundred, almost eight thousand combat casualties, uh, fifty two thousand uh, wounded, uh, PTSD all over the place. I think that we still have 20 veterans a day that are committing suicide. What's Steve, the sense tw tw 22 in this region? A day. Yeah, it's, it's of utter disgust. It is the loss of competence in, in anything having to do with America and the United States government. It is, uh, it's really depressing because the people love America, but they've lost confidence. It's like the emperor, they've realized the emperor has no clothes. You know, starting a year ago right now with the absolute debacle that was in Afghanistan, the preventable disaster that we counseled against, that we gave them options to avoid, but the smart people in Washington chose to ignore it. And that led to a Putin moving on, um, on Ukraine. It's even interesting, you know, a few days after uh, Biden was even elected, it's like the bad guys could smell the weakness because the military junta in um, in Burma, overthrew a democratically elected government where the, the prime minister had actually won the Nobel Prize. So just a string of bad guy wins, um, you know, first Afghanistan and now uh, Ukraine. And uh, and who knows what the Chinese Communist Party is going to do starting next spring uh, with Taiwan. It is Xi's absolute obsession to forcibly reunite Taiwan with the mainland. And, and then these guys wonder why there's such a recruiting shortfall in the military. You have the army acknowledging that they're 40% short of their goal for this year alone. Uh, but at the same time, they've just thrown out 60,000 uh, army, U.S. Army reservists and National Guardsmen because they're not vaccinated. 
but yet the army views you deployable is if if you are eight, not not just the army the entire US military views them as deployable if someone is HIV positive or undergoing transgender surgery so it's it's just uh, it is pure madness that these decision makers uh, are allowed to be in charge because they are literally running us off of a cliff but the other thing that people need to be concerned about go, is a, is is yeah, a real coming ahead. famine, yep. a, a coming famine next spring, because of the disaster of the Ukraine war, and the overuse of saying there is about a are going to be very short on food starting next spring because there's just a lot of plants that did not get planted, and farmed, and those chickens are coming home to roost by next spring. So the the secondary and tertiary effects of a global food shortage beyond even the energy crisis that's hitting Europe right now, when you have the energy, the, the cost of energy in people's homes going up uh, tenfold what it has been, that's the kind of stuff that really uh, changes or ends uh, civil society as we've kind of come to take it for granted. I want, I want to go back in time. I, I'm going to come back to the family second. I want to go back in time because you were on from the region, I think a week ago, and you said, hey, here's what the withdrawal, and that was just humiliating to the United States. We've created at what we had fought for 20 years to avoid a terrorist super state with every yep. bad actor in the world coming there today. Uh, but I want to go back to the to the spring and summer of 2017, because it's not just Biden. Biden's part of a system. It's the system that is as big a problem as Biden is. He's just the top guy. But there's other decision makers. You went after the system in, in the spring and, uh, in summer of 2017 saying, hey, we need an extraction from 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 uh, Afghanistan, but here's how it's got to be staged in. Here's how it has to be focused. Here's what we have to do. And here's how we still have to remain in there. So there's not a creation of a terrorist super state. Walk us through that. And then what Biden actually did. And what do we have today? This ticking time bomb that is Afghanistan. We, you and I tried to give President Trump an option that would be a, a smooth off ramp from Afghanistan without repeating the same debacle that we've been doing for the last 19 years. It was just going back to what worked in the, in the first place. A few special operations personnel attaching to the Afghan units, living with them long term, uh, providing them with some air support and some good governance. That program would have cost less than 5% of what the DOD was spending. In fact, <laughs> This, the, the U.S. government, since the debacle last year, has uh, appropriated three times the amount that our program would have cost just to resettle Afghan refugees. So they can't say it's about cost. It is truly about incompetence. The military industrial complex is a real thing. It's a real problem. The beltway, the insular beltway smart people need to be held to account because if, if this is the best they've got over the last 20 years, then we are really screwed because it's we're now not dealing with illiterate goat herders in the hills of Afghanistan, which defeated the U.S. military using weapons that were designed 70 years ago. Now we're focusing more on state problems like a Russia or a Iran with, a, obtaining a nuclear weapon or China uh, flexing up and, and trying to make themselves the true middle kingdom, the center of the universe. This is a problem, and our military leaders have proven not to be up to task in defeating the Afghan Taliban. They're sure is not going to be up for defeating the, uh, the PLA and the massive amount of modernization uh, and spending and, and growth that they've done. So the, the next Republican leadership needs to forcibly, by the power of the purse, 
force some upgrades, some top grading in our military leadership, because these guys have proven to not be up to the task. You're saying when we take the House and the Senate here in November, and that's for the purpose of, of this pre-buttle for Biden tonight, because they're trying to change the conversation. This is about abortion. This is about climate change. This is about the end of democracy and that you have these fascists that are Eric Prince and Steve Bannon and Naomi Wolf and all these uh, people around Trump it's now, all, that, Trump supporters just, and MAGA supporters. Just, it's, it's deflection nonsense. Look, for example, the, the annual report from the Secretary of the Navy that just came out, he's talking about um, uh, sexual harassment, mental health, education, housing, child care, um, uh, spousal employment. Okay, this is the Secretary of the Navy focused on what's, what he views as important to the Navy, nothing about sea control, combat power, or lethality of the Navy. And this is for a U.S. Navy that's already out, outmanned or outshipped three to one by the Chinese. And within three years, it will be nine to one of a material advantage that the Chinese Communist Party enjoys in the West Pacific. So it is clearly is, a, is the seventh is. Is the seventh fleet prepared to take on and stop a naval blockade of Taiwan or the South China Sea, either either a naval or air blockade of Silicon Valley West, which is. Taiwan, we know the United States economy would drop anywhere from t- GDP would drop from 10 to 25 percent. It was taken. Is the Seventh Fleet prepared today, Eric Prince, to stave off a naval or air blockade of Taiwan or the South China Sea? I worry about the material and combat readiness of the of the U.S. Navy writ large. They've had multiple fatal collisions. They've had world class submarines running into undersea mounts. You lost the uh, the Bonhomme Richard, a six billion dollar helicopter carrier that was tied up pierside in San Diego, burned up. It took them two and a half hours to get first water on that fire because the, the damage control equipment was in such ill repair. They have not gutted the leadership enough to help to, enough accountability to fix that culturally. So, yes, I worry because uh, remember, naval warfare is not just about the steel, and the ships it's about the steel and the men fighting it. And the Navy has been focused way too much on woke nonsense, like the Secretary of the Navy just listing all these non-combat welfare-related topics instead of focusing on lethality and how you put warheads on foreheads against the Chinese Navy. Uh, Eric, last thing, I want to go back to the, to, to the, uh, to the famine, because you've been all over the world. You've fought all over the world. Uh, you know uh, particularly the third world and the developing world. If Joe Biden's not going to mention this tonight, but what would you tell the American people they should be thinking about as Biden's speaking about this nonsense uh, here? What should they be thinking about this coming famine that's coming on a global basis, uh, probably no later than next spring? Uh, the United States is not immune to very significant global instability that will come from food crises. Uh, the smart people I know in that industry tell me that there will be a billion people short on food next spring. That is a very significant problem when you have 12% of your population, global population, going hungry now. That means someone else is coming for your lunch. Eric, how do people get to you on uh, on social media? How do they follow you? Uh, at Getter, I'm at, uh, at Eric Dean Prince. And uh, you can also find out about us at uh, unplugged.com forward slash war room. And learn about uh, what we're doing to uh, provide secure communications to the entire war room posse. One can can you you can download the app today, and then the phones are That's coming right. sometime later in the fall. 
phones will be here first quarter uh, next year. You can use our app on any Android right now without the permission of Google. App Store, um, our Messenger, VPN, antivirus, and we guarantee we don't collect, store, or analyze any of your data. Unplugged. And the best encryption, it's, encry- it's encrypted every time, right? Best encrypted uh, code out there. That's right. That's right. Our, uh, our phone, our Messenger generates a new encryption key every call, uh, whether it's uh, voice or audio, voice or video. Eric Prince, unplugged.com forward slash uh, war room. Thank you very much, brother, for being on here. Appreciate it. You bet, Steve. Thanks much. You can tell your driver you can now recommence your journey. Thank her for pulling off. Okay, I want to go now to Northeast Pennsylvania to the number one radio talk show host, a, a legend, really an institution up there, W-I-L-K, Bob Cadero. Bob, uh, you got to help answer this because this show not only just goes out through the country, it goes out through the world. And and so why does Joe Biden, every time it's like a reflex action, that he's got to show that he's a man of the people. Why does he continue to go back to Scranton? Why does he go back there? And uh, what are the folks, what are the economic conditions up in Northeast Pennsylvania? What are the folks, the working class folks, really think of Joe Biden, sir? His policies are killing them. And Pennsylvania, as you know, is a big agriculture state. Farmers are getting killed with with fertilizer costs. They're getting killed with uh, just operating costs for for all of their equipment, transportation costs for their goods and their things they're growing. Uh, People are working class here in Northeast Pennsylvania, as Joe Biden tries to depict himself, and they are hurting. I had a listener, I happened to run into her at a gas station. She said, I listen to your show. And she was the sweetest person. And I saw her, this is before the real explosion in gas prices, but they were getting bad. I saw her have to put a dollar of gas in her car just to get home. And that, that example enrages me because never before has a democratically elected president actually put in place policies that have hurt the people that elected him. And uh, Joe Biden's support here is no higher than it is anywhere else. I wouldn't put it above a third. But but the Democrat elected officials in this area, whenever he shows up, their, their uh, tongues are panting and they're wagging their tail. But just an example, Biden had 275 people show up for his event here. Donald Trump is going to have about 15,000 and there won't be room. (laughs) Tell me about that, because there's a lot of controversy about is Biden packing these rooms. I I saw a photo that had actually empty seats. I, I didn't know if it was it was made up or not, but I want to go back to that. He only had 275 people show up, and this has been planned because when he comes back, they make a big deal about him going. Joe from Scranton's going back to yeah. his hometown, which is obviously a lie. And Avery yeah. Scranton tells us, but and Trump's going to have this massive rally on Saturday uh, with all the candidates. Are you telling me only 275 people showed up? That's the number that I got. They they reported the room was was to hold 375, and uh, it was at Wilkes College, and one of the uh, parents uh, sent me a message today that uh, they actually had to bribe kids with uh, better grades and extra credit to get them to go to the event. <laughs> that was to get that small of a number. 
And they have pictures. What, of I'm going to go back to these policies. No, go ahead. Yeah, go I saw ahead. a picture that had you know a, a bunch of a bunch of empty seats. I was kind of shocked by. I want to go back to the policies. People in Northeast Pennsylvania is not just up there, but they commute. I know you know there's guys that get in the pickup trucks, got to drive to where they don't have a lot of natural gas going now because of Wolf's policies and Biden's policies. But they got to go out to the natural gas fields, or they got to commute all over the state for construction. It's how how is energy? which Pennsylvania is Saudi Arabia. You're sitting on an ocean because of divine providence. We've got three. You've got, West, you've got the Permian Basin. You've got Alaska. But you also have Pennsylvania, where the oil industry was really starting in the United States, but it's sitting on a, an ocean of natural gas. How, how we, does that strike people? You've got all this plentiful, and, and yet the energy prices are out of control. How does that set with folks? I, I You know, the deflection that Biden and the local Democrats have been able to undertake has surprised me in its resilience, because the truth is quite obvious. We have the Marcellus Shale, and underneath that, we have the Utica Shale. So we have these incredible resources right here. And for some reason, Northeast Pennsylvania is actually paying the highest prices for gas in the entire Commonwealth. So... (laughs) It even strikes us worse, and we're sitting on all this natural gas. And and I've been advocating on my show repeatedly that we need to go to natural gas uh, powered cars. And the we're we're in the there's a company trying to build a plant here that would convert natural gas to gasoline for current models of uh, cars and their engines. Uh, that's the way to go, and 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 we wouldn't be dependent upon China a very hostile force, much more so than OPEC ever was. I I think they're looking at all these policies, like Biden will be in uh, Philadelphia tonight. He's going to ignore crime because Shapiro, who's the lieutenant governor, has also ignored it. And they are all allies of a guy named Larry Krasner, who is a George Soros-funded DA. And Philadelphia is going, they broke their murder record last year they're going to break it again this year. And, and, and these policies are so obviously contra, uh, uh, counterproductive. They're so obviously dangerous for everyday Pennsylvanians, for minorities. It, it's, it's, it's remarkable. And I don't think they can get away with it for long. I think the, you know, we've seen the polls come back in favor. Not in well, favor yes, of Democrats, I, but... Hang on, I want, I, I, want, I, want, I want to get to that in a second. Hang on a second. By the way, Shapiro, I think, is Attorney General. He said, because he's in the direct chain of command, right? Krasner, he's, he's AG, right. and he's, he's basically defund the police guy. I want to go back, though, to, your, to the buried lead here. You said they've done a great job of deflecting it, and it's even surprised you. The, the people in Pennsylvania are among the most patriotic, serve the country. This is the heart of the country, blue collar. It's why I said in the 2020, as goes Northeast Pennsylvania, so goes the country. How can you deflect from people that are pretty common sense? What, what, what deflection devices are they using? And how are you saying that? How is that fooling people? Or are they, are they buying the deflection? It, they're holding their small one third base together. They're holding the elected officials together that are Democrats. I don't think they're going to be able to hold the people. Uh, you know, I, I, I always say on my show that you've got a certain amount of people 
uh, that's this one third group, they're unconvincibles. They're not going to listen for whatever reason to reality. They're not going to listen to truth. The Democrats that are running this country and that are running this state are trying to change reality. And I think there's going to be enough people in the middle that are going to go along with common sense over this yeah. virtual reality that the Democrats have created. Well, but 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 you have it. Listen, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, where the where the revol I'm from Virginia, the Commonwealth of Virginia, Virginia, Pennsylvania, particularly Pennsylvania's honored history in the Revolution. Hey, you had a third Patriots, you had a third Tories. Pennsylvania knew this better than anybody, worse than Virginia, uh, yeah. and you had a third in the middle, essentially a third, a third, a third. And the guys in the middle are sitting there. Who wins? I mean, it's kind of the country today. It's about yeah. thirty, forty, you know. And you got these people in the middle, and they're going to go with the winning side. That's where we are today, and the Commonwealth knows this. I want to go to these races right now because Biden's making the the raid on Mar-a-Lago, and the thing tonight is all about deflection. Ron Brownstein, the L.A. Times, said, you know, they're going to pitch climate change, they're going to pitch the abortion, and they're going to pitch, um, you know, the end of democracy if you had these barbarians uh, win. And, you know, our side, uh, Bob, is obviously, you know, crime, inflation, the illegal immigration, the wokeness in the schools. Uh, the practical common sense policies, but we've had, let's be honest, we've had a tough time getting traction with these candidates right now, getting their kind of messages and acts together. How important is this rally on Saturday? I mean, for President Trump to come in on Labor Day weekend with everything people have to do to have a rally, get 15,000 people, you got Oz, you got Mastriano, you got the, the House candidates. Walk me through how important this is and what does this instill for the next, what, 65 days in hurtling towards November 8th? Well, it's, it's an ideal kickoff for our candidates. It really is. Uh, and I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to position them to move ahead. Now, as you know, Donald Trump is a, uh, can, can be a mixed message in a general election. He's, he's much more effective in primaries. But I think this is going to energize a base of people who saw lots of negatives on uh, Mehmet Oz, on Dr. Oz, who I believe to be a true conservative. I believe he's adopted and he believes those positions. Uh, Doug Mastriano is a great conservative, a combat veteran, leader of men. I mean, th this is the kind of guy you beg to run for office. Uh, and, and we've got a candidate up here by the name of Jim Bugnett, who's going to defeat the local congressman. I am I'm optimistic, but as of now, all the resources have been uh, front loaded by the left. And they've spent a lot of money while we were fighting primaries on the Republican side. The conservatives were. But good candidates emerged. I want to go back to your point about Trump in, in general elections. Let me be blunt about this to the folks in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, some of the greatest patriots and hardworking people. There are not two more radical guys running for office, for major office in this nation than Fetterman and Shapiro. Shapiro, the reason they got these establishment Republicans, he spread money everywhere. They're all on the take. Every establishment Republican, including my buddy Jim Schultz, who is a very close friend of mine, a guy I love, right? Him on CNN and this stuff and writing that editorial against Mastriano. This goes for Shapiro spreading the money to all the law firms. He spread the, this is all crony capitalism. Every guy is establishment Republican is backing against Shapiro. Shapiro is a radical. 
He's directly in the chain of command of the crime being out of control, the illegal immigration being out of control. That's all Josh Shapiro. Josh Shapiro basically should be a contributor to MSNBC because he's on every night. And then Fetterman. Look, what happens to somebody physically, they can't help, right? Or be, I'm not saying and, and picking on him because of the stroke, but people have to be practical about this. Not only is he a radical, and I mean a radical, people in Pennsylvania have to say, can this guy really, it's the United States Senate. This is not some job you can phone in. This is particularly in something like the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. This is a heavy job. You're one of the most important states in the union. This, when you're a sp- senator from Pennsylvania, you're, you're already coming in heavy. Federal, and, and Bob, I don't understand. How can the people in Pennsylvania, the Commonwealth, sit there and go, Fetterman's not even going to debate? Oz said, oh, he said some mean things about him. I'm not going to debate him. How is that playing with folks in the Commonwealth? Two radicals and one who's just not up, mentally up to the job, right? And, and, is, and is running away from the, uh, an open debate with Dr. Oz. He can't even appear with, uh, he can't even appear along with Biden at these events. He's not well enough. And and he is, and Fetterman's background is incredible. He's claiming he's the working man's candidate. He never had a job. He claims he's for jobs of Pennsylvania, but he's against our energy industry, which would kill our agriculture, transportation, manufacturing, and power uh, uh, business in the state. He would all his policies are being enacted. And he would actually radicalize the Senate even further. And he's a failed mayor of Braddock. They lost 40% of their population while he was in office. There's only two of the seven council members from Braddock who even endorsed him for this race. And the mayor says he left a mess, the current mayor. So he doesn't even have support where he came from because they know him well. And he's incompetent and a crazy ideologue. Bob, hang on for a second. We're just going to hold you for a break. We're going to take a short commercial break. We've got uh, a big surprise guest on the other side. You're going to be, as we had Eric Prince on here talking about uh, Afghanistan, we're going to have uh, one of the family members that really had the impact of that. Also got Dr. Naomi Wolf. A lot to go on. Uh, Bob Cordero is going to join us the top uh, talk show host in Northeast Pennsylvania. Short commercial break. Be back in War Room Battleground in just a moment. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it. 
affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. Warroomhealth, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today. Check it out. They put Peter Navarro in leg irons for simply doing his constitutional duty. Now they want to put Peter in prison for standing up for Donald Trump. Please go to Amazon right now and order Taking Back Trump's America to help fund Peter's legal defense. Taking Back Trump's America provides a critical MAGA blueprint to put Trump back in the White House in 2024. Buy Taking Back Trump's America on Amazon today. If they can put Peter Navarro in prison, they can come for all of us. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger, better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome back. Uh, Bob, uh, in wrapping up here, you got Biden's speech to the nation tonight on the semi-fascism. Give me a minute. What has to happen with these candidates to make sure we have to win in November? It's just we don't have a choice. Walk me through what you think. Oz, what do they have to do to win? Steve, right now they're they're under-resourced. The Democrats are controlling through the media, but also through paid media. They're controlling the battlefield. And we've got to come back, obviously, with word of mouth and grassroots, just like just like the Trump campaign was in 16 in particular. But we've got to come back with more resources. We've got to get Republican money to come out for these candidates. They can win. There's not even a doubt in my mind. I mean, Mastriano on a shoestring is within margin of error of Shapiro, who spent $60 million. And and Oz, once this, uh, actually, and he is right now, he's an invalid. Uh, if, if they can expose the actual idea and the issues that these people had, plus their incompetence, because they uh, uh, Shapiro's been very incompetent at his job, the only job that uh, Fetterman ever had as mayor of Braddock, he was a failed mayor. 
then you expose them for their left-wing lunacy. And it is true lunacy. I always ask this. Doug Mastriano and Dr. Oz are pro-life. The two candidates they oppose are for abortion even after birth. Who's the extremist here? And, and we've got to just keep pointing this out and making the argument. And as you know, this, this media market, Northeast Pennsylvania, determines Pennsylvania in most elections. Uh, so I, we got to keep Big banging time. the drum, drum here, and we will. Bob, how do people get to your show and how do they get to your social media? Uh, I'm, I'm not very active on social media, but WILKnewsradio.com is where you could get podcasts of my show and, of course, the show live as well. And I'm on Monday through Friday, noon to three. I may be going to afternoon drive soon, but uh, noon to three for now. You are a uh, institution and a legend for good reason, sir. Thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, maybe explaining <laughs> Scranton, Scranton infamous Scranton Joe Biden. So thank you very much, sir. Appreciate it. Thank you. Well, great to be with you, Steve. Thank you. You guys remember a year ago, August 26th, we did the, the, the lead up for weeks and weeks and weeks of the extraction under fire. And uh, we just had Eric Prince on to kick off the show, uh, talked about Eric presented a, a uh, a plan uh, to President Trump that was shot down by McMasters and Madison, all these guys in the spring and summer of 2017 that would have had Americans out uh, before uh, Biden was even around. But this embarrassment, humiliation, uh, and 13 American heroes paid for their life on the 26th. One of them was Raleigh McCollum, only 27 years old, a Marine. I want to bring in his sister now, Royce McCollum, and her, his, her lawyer, Dennis Postilano. Uh, this controversy about Alec Baldwin, can you explain this to us about exactly? I think you guys have a $20 million lawsuit against him. Can you walk through uh, exactly what the, what the issue is and why you've, uh, and, and Royce, because I know you hold the memory of your brother so high, why you take, why are you pursuing this course of action against an actor? Yeah, thank you so much for having me on today discuss this. I think, yeah, Dennis is probably better fit to answer this question. Okay, um, Dennis, you take it. Yeah, so uh, the lawsuits were $25 million, rest of were 10 in actuals and uh, 15 in punitive damages. Um, essentially, uh, in a nutshell, uh, what Baldwin did was take a message from Royce um, uh, on her private Instagram account uh, and, and broadcast it to his 2.4 million followers with the label that she was quoted insurrectionist. Um, you know, and everything that implies. He accused her and uh, by implication, her family members, her sister Cheyenne, and then um, uh, Lance Corporal McCollum's uh, widow, um, who has a very small child of damaging government, government property, uh, uh, responsible for the death of a Capitol officer, uh, and then essentially trying to overthrow the United States government, um, accuse him of treason. Uh, and as you might imagine, the 2.4 million people that follow Baldwin, um, share his politics and didn't respond uh, very nicely. Uh, the messages uh, that these family has had to endure in light of the loss of a 20-year-old uh, Marine who died um, uh, in Afghanistan is astounding to me. And uh, Baldwin has doubled down. And so we've sued him for uh, not only defamation uh, because of the lies he's telling about this family, but also for um, 
intentional infliction and negligent infliction of emotional distress. I'll let Roy speak to some of these messages, but the the backlash has been horrible. Um, just to remind you before Royce goes on, you know, the, the entire population of the state of Wyoming, where they're from, is about 550,000 people. Baldwin has 2.2 million followers on Instagram. Um, so you can imagine the level of, uh, of attack that's been going on for up to nine months now. Royce, to explain about these messages. I mean, this is kind of when I first saw it, it was almost kind of mind blowing given the sacrifice your family has made and particularly Lance Corporal Riley that, you know, one of these innocent patriotic young Americans that died at the Abbey Gate. And now we know, you know, the Biden regime was warned by the CIA. There's all kind of, you know, uh, information coming out that this didn't have to happen. Tell me what what were these messages like from from the from the by uh, from Alec Baldwin's, I guess fans. Yeah, the moment that he messaged me and said he was sharing um, my post to his followers, I was just getting hounded with messages, and they haven't stopped since. Um, it is every single day. I'm getting one or two messages, ten or fifteen messages. Yesterday, um, I received phone calls. It just it goes on and on and on. I've been harassed in my town in the grocery store and, um, you know, had people stop my sister as well. Um, people, you know, have this idea of who I am and who we are now because of his false accusations. And not only is it just concerning that someone would make such a claim like that, such a serious accusation um, falsely, but to then have so many people um now view me that way and harass me and, and think something of me that just certainly is not true. Um, it's been hard to like have my work day, my sleep, my everything interrupted with my phone just constantly going off and, and seeing these messages all the time and nasty comments about me and my brother. And um, yeah, it just doesn't stop. Why would he take a private um, on your private network or your private? Why would he put that out to the world and to particularly He's a pretty rabid, you know, leftist, uh, super hates Trump, hates MAGA. I mean, he's open about that. He does. He's not shy about that. And obviously he's got all sides, all sorts of other issues we don't even need to get into. But why would he take what you shared privately? Why would he put that out to the world and put kind of these snarky comments on it to really trigger his radical fan base? Right. After he um, had donated money to my uh, sister Moscow fund me for my niece, um, he had ended up following me on Instagram. So when I post um, a, a picture of me at the Capitol um, in the anticipation of the one year, um, he took this just extreme political narrative with that picture. And, you know, unfortunately for the people in that picture, like he, he's causing damage to more than just myself. Um, but when he messaged me about it and, and I had the chance to speak with him and have a conversation about it and say, no, that's not what happened. I was not in the Capitol. I did not riot. Like I was there protesting, which I am more than allowed to do in this country. Um, and he took it and ran with it and, you know, said good luck as he shared it. He knew exactly what kind of a reaction he was going to get from that. What has been the year, particularly we just came up on the anniversary of, um, of, of your brother's heroic death and service to his country. What has it been like for the family in the year uh, since you left, uh, lost uh, Riley? It's been a tough year. Um, we try and 
go out and do the things to honor Riley and the other 12 that were killed in Afghanistan as much as possible because his death impacted our country and finally like brought a light on the service members and what they sacrifice and truly what their families do every single year, every single day. Um, so we went out and, you know, we've really tried to like remember his name, remember the 13, um, but also bring light to every other service member who's been killed in action and um, has kind of been forgotten. But this last year has been really tough. The last month, especially leading up to the one year, um, it's been just emotional for sure. It's been hard to just process and um, grieve. And, and it's so public um, that it really makes it more difficult to kind of find that peace within yourself when you've got hundreds of thousands, millions of people um, who know about know about his death and um, whether they're there to honor and remember with you or they're to make nasty comments. There's just so much noise coming from everywhere. So it's been really a really tough experience um, this last year. How old would your brother be today if he was alive? 21. He was 20 and six months to the day. When he was killed. Um, I want to go, Dennis, walk us through the lawsuit and what's the process of this lawsuit and can, can people help or this audience, I know we'll want to have uh, the families back. Um, so tell us what we need to do and, and tell us what's the process here. No, no, no I appreciate that, uh, that, uh, sentiment as well. I know the family does. Um, uh, we filed this on the one year anniversary of Riley's death. Uh, we refiled in New York. We originally filed in Wyoming and, I won't go into all the legalities, but the court kicked it on jurisdictional grounds. Basically, uh, Baldwin has never been to Wyoming, doesn't own a business there, doesn't transact business there, doesn't, you know, never made a movie there. And so while the uh, we had a basis for jurisdiction there that we thought was solid, uh, the, essentially the Internet hasn't, uh, you know, kept pace with the law. It's light years ahead. And so we got kicked out of Wyoming. Uh, but we're able to refile in New York. And that turned out to be, or we believe it'll turn out to be a blessing in disguise um, because the law is more favorable in New York. You've got what's called negligent infliction of emotional distress, which is uh, frankly easier to prove than intent. Uh, we've also got what's called def defamation by implication, meaning that it's not just whether the statement is true or not. You can make a perfectly true statement, but the implication in this case is that uh, Ryle, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Royce and her family are, uh, trying to overthrow the U.S. government. They're committing treason. Um, and so we believe the law is a little more favorable. What will happen now is Baldwin will file an answer. Uh, he'll appear. Uh, we'll get a scheduling order in place. The court will set some deadlines and we'll go into the discovery process. Um, there have been talks um, on the back end of this uh, in light of Mr. Baldwin's you know, ongoing legal troubles in other areas um, in order to streamline this process. And uh, that, that'll have to happen in the background and work through it. As far as help, I think that the biggest thing that, that I can tell you is that uh, the family um, needs something to counteract uh, what it gets in the form of abuse. And Royce kind of undersold this. I mean, we're talking death threats. We're talking comments like your brother, you know, deserved what he got. Um, awful things that this family's had to endure uh, that no reasonable person, uh, regardless of politics, would consider proper. So what I would say to the audience is, uh, you know, just moral support, uh, support for the family and the causes that they support and support for the rest of those service members' family. Uh, Royce, how do people get to the site? How do we, this audience is known as an activist audience. How did they get there? Sorry, say that again. 
Do you, do you have a site that people can go to for support or to, to help counteract this to be on uh, social media? Do you have a social media site or that has some place that people can get you? Um, I'm pretty easy to find on Instagram under my name. That is kind of where this all started and, and, um, that's where I'm at. Okay, perfect. Last question. Uh, Royce, I'd like you to answer, but if you, Lori needs to, has Baldwin, when he understood what he had done, has he ever tried to dial it back? Did he ever try to apologize to you when he understood what he had triggered here? No, actually, after he posted, he actually continued to engage with commenters um, and double down on his stance about what he said about me and his accusation. Um, I've never gotten a even private apology, um, and he has no intention of, of stopping or making um, anyone else stop. And Steve, if I can after they're making really comments, really... hang on, hang on. I just, I just, I just want to make some. After they're making comments that. Your brother who gave his life and service to his country deserved what he got. When these type of comments are made and death threats to the family, you're telling me this guy is, is doubling down? That's what I'm hearing? Yeah, he continued that, that first um, day or two when the post was still up on his own site. He just continued to um, go along with his comments saying, you know, this is where she was. This is what she was doing. And it's basically public belief that anyone who was there was an insurrectionist. Um, and so he continued with his, he eventually deleted the post, um, but has not once asked his followers to stop harassing me or taken back his statement. Um, he's just kind of doubled down, locked down on what he has said. Dennis, uh, you had something to say, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was going to say uh, to that question, uh, in my first meeting with the family, um, uh, Gigi, who is the widow, um, you know, said quite plainly, you know, if, if you can get on the phone and, uh, you know, get this guy to apologize, uh, you know, privately, then this, this doesn't have to go forward. And that didn't happen. So yeah, I just tell you that, uh, you know, I, he's doubled down, he continues to do that. And uh, that's evident in, in his other troubles as well. It's just, I think who he is. Uh, Dennis, how can people get you, you're on social media, or how do they follow this case? Uh, you know, the, the, uh, the, the pleadings, uh, can be pulled up. Uh, you know, my name, Dennis Postiglione, uh, P-O-S-T-I-G-L-I-O-N-E. You can Google that. You can find me online. Uh, I'm not on social media. We don't, we don't do that. Um, uh, but, uh, you can find me and my phone number fairly easily and contact me via email. Royce, let your family know that uh, the war room has their back. So we're on this now. Thank you. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thank you, Dennis. Great job. I'll go now to uh, Dr. Naomi. Thanks, guys. Dr. Naomi Wolf. Um, Dr. Wolf, we're going to have you on to go through some of your research, but tonight Joe Biden's going to give a uh, a talk about the the fascist uprising in this country. You're kind of an apostate. I mean, you're you're a progressive or liberal Democrat. You've you know you're part of the Clinton uh, uh, team. You you voted for Biden quite op open. I just want to hear from you. Your assessment of how Joe Biden and his clique have uh, have run about medical freedom and about First Amendment rights on information in the 18 months they've been in office when he takes the stand tonight. What would you say to the nation about that, man? Uh, first, I'm no longer a Democrat. Um, please don't get too excited. I'm an independent. Um, I just feel that this party 
uh, you know, it's one thing for a party to be held hostage by traitors um, in thrall to a uh, foreign adversary, but it's quite another for everyone else to go along with it. Um, so I, you know, I'm, I'm supposed to be nonpartisan in my role as CEO of Daily Cloud, but just personally, I think it's important to note that um, neither party has my allegiance right now. I'm an independent. Um, that said, you know, I've consistently, ever since 2008, when I wrote a book called The End of America, you know, during the Bush era, I've consistently uh, called out leaders on the left or on the right when they stray from their oath of office and their obligation to defend the Constitution. Um, and I did the same during the Obama years as well as a very lonely liberal um, saying, you know, our, our leaders, are, you know, left or right are not supposed to be droning American citizens or putting people without charge or trial in Guantanamo. Um, this is, you know, un-American. Uh, and and so what, what I would say tonight, I think it's, you know, aligned with that consistency uh, is that President Biden, well, first of all, as a former political consultant, I recognize the cleverness of what they're doing. If, if they're suppressing democracy and they're acting like classical fascists, you know, Mussolini-type fascists or even early National Socialist-type fascists or, you know, CCP-style, 1980s-style fascists, um, it's, it's standard operating procedure for political consultants to advise their clients to accuse the opposition of what they're doing themselves because it confuses people and it preempts the discussion. And then uh, it's like throwing sand in the eyes of the electorate so that they don't, they're not able to see, oh, wait a minute, they, you know, they're holding my, my child in Washington, D.C. hostage and not letting him or her go to school if he doesn't get injected or she doesn't get injected with this experimental um, injection. I don't even call it a vaccine anymore. Uh, that's not that's not liberty. That's not freedom. That's not constitutional. Oh, but but they're the good guys because they called the opposition fascists. So I really can't speak up about about that because it's more important to um, protect America from fascism. So I, I get the strategy um, of, of, of preempting their fascism with calling you guys fascists. Um, and it's kind of effective. I mean, they've made such hay out of, you know, not very clever or strategic things President Trump said that could be construed as authoritarian. Um, and, you know, I, reaching the Capitol they have, you know, made as much of that as they possibly could for such a long time that, you know, those are clearly their talking points going into the midterms that, that you guys. Uh, Dr. Wolf, uh, we, we've got a hard out. We got a break, but um, I want to get you back on. We got to go through all your research because it's explosive. And I got to tell you, the placenta uh, issue you brought up, I've never had my phone blow up like this or anything. So real quickly, how do people get to the daily clout overnight before we get back on tomorrow? Uh, yes, a dailyclap.io and um, thank you so much. But I, I do believe Dr. Thank you. We'll have you back on tomorrow morning. Your, your research has been explosive here. Okay, thank we'll you. be back at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. I'll be up on Getter as uh, Joe Biden talks tonight. Putting up live commentary. See you then.